was there at the dawn of the second season of the Puffer Exchange. It was a port of call for fans from a hundred fandoms. It could be a dangerous place, but we accepted the risk because the Puffer Exchange was our last best hope for conversation. This is our story. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. All right. There, here, let me get my DVR thing back on. I had it on for a while, and it was all there. And then, you know, I waited too long, and then it popped off. Okay, I'm ready to hit play. And welcome back to the Pofo Exchange. I'm Ryan. I'm Jen, too. And this is going to be a special, unedited edition, water cooler style of our podcast, because we have recorded ahead many episodes, and there's no way I'm renumbering them all for our special three-part series on The Walking Dead. So this will be special edition number one of the Puffboy Exchange, I think. Yep. That's yeah. Good. This is good. Uh, Jen, two is here with me. Uh, Jen, one, of course. There were some casting issues, so we had to recast her. So we have uh, Jen, two yep. here with us tonight. And, yep. um, well... Uh, let's let's explain while why we're here tonight. Now, I was I was sitting at home this past Sunday, and I was under the blanket with my little thing of hot cocoa. You know, and I'm just I was being, <laughs> I, I pictured like the girliest thing possible, and that's what I was doing. And Gen Two contacts me and says, "Ryan, hello, hi. I watched Battlestar Galactica for you." And I'm like, "She wants a kidney. She wants a kidney. I know she wants a kidney. She wants a kidney." And she's like, "I. What do you think of zombies?" And I'm like, "I hate zombies." Zombies must die. Get it? Like, zombies are the worst creation ever. I despise zombies. Oh, good. I want you to watch something. What's that? The Walking Dead on AMC. It's about zombies, Ryan. I'm like, but Jen 2, I don't like zombies. I order you! I'm like, all right, fine. I'll watch the damn zombie. Yeah, I said, I said, I want you to watch the first six minutes. Yes. I want you to watch the first six minutes of the pilot episode. Well, I I missed that message. I didn't know that. You obviously didn't read all of your Skype messages. I did not read the entire Skype message. I'm like, I will watch the entire damn thing, and then we will be even Gen 2. And I'm not giving you a kidney either. But the thing was is that even if you missed that message, by the point... point, By the point that I had told you that you would would be like hook, line, and sinker was exactly the point where you flashed back and you're like, I'm done. Well, the reason I flashed back, um, of course, is because I saw music by Beer McCreary of Belzar Galactica, whose stuff I own. So I had to, of course, um, admit then that there might be something to this whole zombie craze. So, of course, I watched the entire first episode of the show. It's called something. Days or, Gone By. Uh, day, what, what's it called? I believe the first episode is called Days Gone By. Days Gone By. Watched the entire episode, and I came back, and I'm like, I hate zombies. That was the best thing I've ever seen in the world. Now, I don't want to see more guts. I'm done with the whole guts thing. If we can just get rid of the guts, I'll be fine. So she's like, we'll go watch episode two. I'm like, fine. What's the title? Guts. Guts. All right. All right. <laughs> I don't think this is going to work, Gen 2. I think our marriage is in trouble. She's like, just go watch it. I'm like, I'm going to hate it. Well, I warned you. I warned you. I said, don't take any food. Don't eat ice cream. 
every even... fiber of being I have tells me I'm going to hate this. And I went and I watched it, and I came back, and it was exactly what I thought it would be, and I loved it. And I well, and I what... told you, I told you, I said at one point, I said there was a point in this ep- in episode two called Guts where I literally wanted to run from the room, but I couldn't do it because I was so glued to my own television. I mean, I was so, oh my God, glued to the television, but my body wanted to run so bad, but I couldn't. Because I didn't I even want to run, and I'm a more of a scaredy cat than you are. Like, well, I, I was I was so compelled with what was happening in the character part of it that I couldn't, like, deal with the fact that my, you know, I'm like, I can't miss this. It, it, was, it, was, it was so well done and they they focus on the characters so because usually okay what okay the 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 thing the theme here that we have is we're going to be doing a three-part series on the first season of the walking dead we're going to do episodes one through four uh tonight then we're going to come back for five then we're going to come back for six and that'll conclude the uh six episode season the the thing we have to stress here is gen 2 and i correct me if i'm wrong hate zombie stories yeah, it's I mean, it's not my not my thing. Don't know anything about zombie stories. Now I love audio dramas, and there's a great uh, audio drama production uh, company online, DarkerProjects.com. I I subscribe to a lot of their stuff. They do Star Trek, they do Doctor Who, they do many different fandoms, and they also do a lot of you know Walking Dead zombie type stuff, which I know nothing about, and I'll usually listen to it just to have something on my iPod, and it's a lot of biting and ripping and screaming, and because they probably have the sound effects for it, and I, I I usually just yawn through it because I don't care about the zombies, I don't care about the blood and guts, and then uh, someone dragged me to Dawn, was it Dawn of the Dead? I don't even know what I'm talking about. The, there was the blonde chick. And there were zombies everywhere, and well, and you're and I you've lost me because I don't do zombies. You, you don't do zombies, and, I, and it was like the most boring thing I ever saw. And it seemed to be a movie that was really watched by either just action fans who just will watch anything that has fast speeding cars or or a lot of special effects or you know really high makeup budgets, and it just it didn't have any heart to it. So I didn't, I didn't care about it. And what's so good about this show is that. The guts and it is secondary, and it's so um, it's it's so direct and it's so blunt that it doesn't hold anything back. And if they shoot someone in the head, you see it, and if they swear, you see it. And literally, nothing is held back from the audience, so it feels authentic. It's Otherwise, raw. It's I mean, raw. it's it's raw. It, it's 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 graphically. I mean, it's it's probably it's. I mean, I've been to R-rated movies. I've seen NC-17 rated movies that were NC-17 for violence and not for sexual situations. And this is probably the most graphic thing that I've seen. Like, Battlestar was was very graphic at times, but usually the most graphic stuff was held over for the DVD release, and they came up with alternate swear words because they couldn't swear before 10 o'clock at night or whatever the deal was. So usually you'll find shows find cute little ways around, you know, the gore. And I know on FX, they've really pushed the, you know, the envelope in the bullet with, uh, uh, was the shield on FX and, and so forth. And they've really started to push it on cable television over the years. But this, this me, is, I mean, this is just, I mean, part of it, I'm just like, they're getting away with this on TV. Yeah. And it's one of those shows now, I 
of course, so now I'm hooked on the show, and I hate zombies. And Gen 2 is hooked on the show, and she hates zombies. So I'm thinking, how many more of us are there out there? So I go I go to work, and there's there's a um, lovely woman I, I work with, and I'll use lovely in that she is both lovely and one of the scariest people I've ever met. Like, literally, <laughs> she's, she's the, she's, she would do anything for you, but if you seal her purse on the street, she will follow you. She will track you down over 20 years. And she will, she'll break into your house and she will just watch you sleep for like eight months just to start stressing you out. And she literally, you will kill yourself. She won't t- lay a finger on you. You will kill yourself. It'll be like sleeping with the enemy. Yes. Because <laughs> she'll she, be like she, opening she, your cabinet doors and seeing how it's canned okay. in a row. Yeah. She, what she will do is she will say there was $21 in my purse. I, I have a lot of money. I don't need it. I understand that you were starving and that you needed it, but I will make it my goal in life to ruin yours. And she's just one of those intense, intense people. So I walked up to her. I said, do you like zombies? And she's like, no, I hate zombies. I'm like, good. There's a show I want you to watch. So I got her to watch it. And I went to my boss. I got him to watch it. I went all around the office. I got everyone to watch it. So this morning, my little scary friend walks around into my office and she looks right at me and says, I hate you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you watched it. She's like, I watched uh, Day Dawn of the, whatever the hell the first episode is, Day Before, whether, The Hour of the Wolf. Whatever days, days Gone By. Days Gone By, and then she watched Guts. See, Guts. I can remember Guts. She watched Guts, and she watched the pilot, and she then realized she had to go pick her kid up at his friend's house, and she was afraid to drive the car. <laughs> it well, was it was slightly foggy outside, and she was <laughs> Well, you want to know what's bad? What's that? This is how I found out about it. If I told you on Sunday, then I found out about this show on the Thursday prior. So, I mean, I'm still a noob about this. I mean, it's not even been, you know, tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. This two days from now, Thanksgiving will be a week that I've known about this program. My mom showed up in my house after work. Her work, not mine, because I work in my house. But my mom showed up, and she's like, you've got to watch this show. She's like, it's the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, well, what's it about? You know, and I don't watch TV. I really don't watch TV, ever. Actually, I mean, my TV normally is always tuned to Sprout. (laughs) Because that's what Elizabeth watches in the morning time or occasionally in the afternoons. But we could go whole days without the TV ever being turned on. And I I watch Glee, but I always end up watching it streaming on my computer. And and that's because of the convenience factor. I just do not want to have to sit through commercials. It's just, I just can't. Oh, I have an ITV. I cut those bad boys straight out of the episode. So I, I just can't. I cannot deal with the inconvenience of live television. Yes. But I just, there isn't anything that I feel like at this point is worth... The commitment well, I'm thinking to of, watching. Yeah, I'm so I'm not watching any TV. Yeah. I'm not just rolling my eyes on my mom. I'm like, okay, what's it? Zombies. <laughs> and I'm like, you're telling me that I need to watch a show that's about zombies. She's like, but you'd love it. I'd love it. She's like, it's made by the same guy. It's, it, you know, it's it's done by the same guy who did Shawshank Redemption. And, you know, there's several of the characters that were in Shawshank Redemption in in this show. And, and I said, well, okay. So that makes me want to run right out and watch the show. She's like, you can see it online. I'm like, okay. What's Your mother it? is so much more high-tech than mine. And and she said, well, you you know, 
but you know and my mom she you know watches the oscars and she knows the names of all these directors and i mean you know the name of the music guy i don't know people's names i don't care about them i barely watch tv well the one i mentioned is the only one i know of any show i watched that was the only one that the music was so good that i went and learned who did the music and i started to follow him it was the only guy like that and he does this show so that was like sign from above we have to have this house moment Oh, so, so she's like, well, it's the director from the Shawshank Redemption, and she starts naming off all of these things, and I'm like, okay, well, I know that that was a really excellent movie, and yes, I, you know, I do appreciate good film, and I, you know, I, I do watch good Oscar, you know, I mean, I watch good films, you know, it's, it's important to me, but, you know, television, it just, you know, okay, what, whatever, mom. She's like, but it was so bad that I watched the show. And then I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was screaming. That didn't happen to me. <laughs> and and she and she said and and I was so unset. She's like, I didn't just wake up having a nightmare. She said, I woke up. I was screaming. She said, I woke myself up screaming, and I'm like, okay. And I'm still, you know, doing this deadpan, you know, like mom, whatever. My mother gets the same way with Dancing with the Stars. She's very upset this season because of Crystal Panther. So, so my mom is, she's just like, but you, you would really like the show. I'm like, so you're telling me that you woke yourself up screaming, but I need to watch the show. Yes. That's what I'm saying. You know what made me wake up screaming the other day? Doctor Who, you gotta watch it. <laughs> One thing yeah. I will say about the show too is that there are some, sh- like Firefly. One of the best shows I've ever seen. I got eight episodes in, and the doorbell rang, and I had to go pay the farm, you know, the, the oil bill or whatever, and I never got back to it. And I don't want to get back to it, because I always want to know if I'm ever, like, falling off a mountain and I'm hanging on by three fingers, I need to live because I need to go finish Firefly. But here, well, I didn't finish about my mom. The best I, I, part of- I know. I was monologuing. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, I know. The best part about it is- Two people in the room are monologuing, yep. <laughs> the best part about it is, is the very next day I said, okay, whatever, I've got, you know, an hour of my life that I, you know, I was working on some crochet for Christmas presents. I'm like, I'll just sit here and I'll well, watch this. crocheting, you're going to watch. The- yeah, I'm going to watch some TV. I'll just turn this on. And I started watching and I was, I can pretty much crochet without looking at it. And I was screwing it up. And I'm just sucked in. I was sucked in, you know, at the three-minute mark that I told you you'd be sucked in at. And so, I mean, that pilot was over, and I'm immediately on the Internet. I'm, like, free online, The Walking Dead, Episode 2. And I'm, like, surfing, 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 surfing. I've got to find it. It's like crack cocaine. I'm like, "Um, it's going to be on here. Somebody's going to have it. It's going to be free, and it's not going to be. Jen, too, doesn't believe in spending a buck (laughs) ninety-nine. No, Jen never believes in i'm like somebody's gonna have posted it i'd like to know i'd like it known right now i dvr the damn thing like it'd be like, like yeah well, I'm, I'm like somebody out there posted it and it's out there and i was right so i watched it and that one guts but it was bad. but when i finished it i'm like oh my god i gotta find three and so i did the same thing i'm gonna find three and i watched all of it 
Damn. I watched three last night. We, we, we were trying to figure out how to do this run of episodes because we kind of jumped into the season a little bit late. So the way we left it was I would watch three last night. She's already seen it. And we would save four for tonight. We're recording this a couple days after four came out. And I watched three last night. I'm sitting on um, the love seat in, in, in our TV room and I've got my feet up on the ottoman. I got my laptop on my lap and I'm paying bills and I'm watching it. I'm doing all these different things. And all of a sudden I find myself standing a foot away from the TV. <laughs> Just looking at not knowing how i got there and it's the scene where uh i i still don't know character names um cop sleeping with guy from love actually shane 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 beating ed and i'm standing in the face and i'm standing there like ready to help him but the problem is i'm gonna punch a hole in my damn tv i'm like the guy who shot the tv when bristol palin won it's like i'm I'm, i need to back away i was getting a little emotional but i got up in the moment of the scene and it's not a tremendously complicated scene it was just it was very raw it was very emotional and, and i just got caught up in the energy level of it so yeah that doesn't i have still have no idea how i jumped over the friggin' autumn and the thing's huge well so i i was really really i'm like oh, i have to see this i have to see this and my mom came or i i talked to my mom that same night after i watched all three of those i'm like i hate you i hate you why did you do this to me because now it's a show that's running it's it's an on-air show, so that means that I'm now emotionally attached and committed to something that's on. And when it gets canceled, or if it gets canceled, well, everything gets canceled. But when it, when it's over, then I'm going to have a negative emotional reaction. I'm going to feel lost. You know, it doesn't get canceled. What? Doctor Who, forty-seven years old today, <laughs> baby. Oh yeah, the doctor lives. <laughs> So she's like, I'm like, I cannot even believe Guts. I'm like, I cannot. She's like, well, I I never watched past that one. She's like, what happened? <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah. I, I, and she starts asking me questions about when he's walking around just after he gets out of the, like, when he goes to the, when he rides the bicycle to his house in the, in the pilot. After he's seen the like the, the creepy zombie torso lady, yes. and is I'm like, far she got? I'm like, mom, is that all the farther you got? She's like, well, it scared me. I turned it off, and I haven't been able to turn it back but on. She called you to tell you to watch. <laughs> That's like there's a bear in my house. Go in and see what it wants. That's I said you came over to my house and walked into my home and told me to watch a show that you had literally only seen 10 minutes of? Well, let's talk about this, because here, the thing I was saying earlier was, like, Firefly, wonderful show. It's on my de- it's on my shelf. I'm going to watch it someday. Doctor Who, you know, one of the best shows I've ever seen. I got two seasons in, and the pizza guy came to the door, and I had to pay the oil bill again. And then I'm I, so much time went by, because it was a very long walk to the front door, that I said, you know what, let me watch season one and two again, just in case I miss something. So I was in no real rush with it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have a friend of mine, uh, call me tight, it's, it's an old co-worker of mine, she got laid off last year, I, we keep in touch, and I had a message from her today. And she keeps in touch with another co-worker of mine who had, you know, who I was trying to get to watch the show today. And she's like, oh, you know, what's her name told me to, to, to watch that show? So what's her name calls my cell phone tonight. So I call what's her name back. I'm like, hi, what's her name? And she's like, I just want you to know something. I thought of you today. I'm like, <laughs> I think I know why. She's like, yeah, I hit a deer. 
because I, of course, <laughs> heal on deer. I'm like, are you all right? She's like, I'm like, you hit the deer. Was it like, I hit the deer, I might walk again one day? Or was it, I hit the deer, I think it was a deer, I kept going, I, I'm not sure. Because she drives, like, a little Saturn, like, the little ion thing, and it breaks. Yeah. Exactly. And she's like, well, I, I, I didn't hit the first one. Like, <laughs> you, hit a, you hit a herd of deer. She's like, I did hit the second one. And it got up and it kind of wandered aimlessly in the woods. But listen, that's not why I called. The Walking Dead. This woman drove into a herd of deer in a Saturn Ion, but called me to talk about The Walking Dead. So at some point, there's something about the show that you can't leave it on the shelf. And I don't know particularly what that is. I know, but my, mo- I mean, my mom, was, she, was, she was like, but it was written up in the Wall Street Journal. Like, I don't care what the Wall Street Journal says. I haven't seen the Harry Potter movie yet. I didn't see the fifth Harry Potter movie until it came out on DVD. You know why? Life's short. I'll see it later. There's plenty <laughs> of time. But The Walking Freaking Dead, which is so not even my type of show, like, I had to hold Gen 2 back because she wanted to watch the fourth episode before we even got here tonight. Like, there's something about this show, and I'm not sure what it is, and tonight maybe we'll figure it out. If not, we get two more weeks before it goes on hiatus for like a year. But there's something about this particular show that is literally laced in crack cocaine, and I'm not sure exactly what it is or what crack cocaine tastes or smells like. But we'll, Or feels like or when feels you inject like. your brain, because we don't do drugs, do we? We, we, we don't do drugs. Gen 2 is into illegal piracy, but, uh, but I do not do drugs. Um, when I go out to No, the- it's not illegal piracy when you do a search in Google, it, the link is there. And Let's not like- give the kids ideas, Gen 2, because I'm, I'm mailing you a copy of the episode right now. So, why don't we do this? We want to get into the first four episodes tonight and we're going to at some point leave for a moment you'll think it's a moment and we're going to watch the fourth episode then come back and talk about that do you want to do initial thoughts on the first three episodes or do we want to jump into the fourth well i think let's do some initial thoughts and let's talk about what leads them into the fourth and 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 I mean, I don't think that we have to get real into the fir- the first three episodes because obviously we just spent yeah. you know several minutes you know like Laughing. geeking out geeking out over it. Well, one thing a friend of mine mentioned was like people watch the events. Like I'm a big event guy this season because it's one of the few shows on TV which I enjoy, and it's somewhat mediocre so far. People watch it because they want to know what the hell the event is, and there's that initial draw of an unanswered question, and what. Several of my friends who issued me death threats today said about this show was that they want to know what caused the outbreak, whatever you want to call it. What was the initial um, point of that? And well, and and what we haven't said yet is what the show is even about. It's about the apocalypse. It's, it's about a zombie apocalypse. As far as we know, and that's the thing that we don't even know yet. As we go into episode three, we know it hit. Georgia, but I don't have a sense. I'm a. I think we're led to believe that the entire world, you know, it's zombie London, it's zombie New Delhi, it's zombies everywhere. For all we know, there's a there's a fence around Georgia, and people in Boston are still going to Starbucks. I mean, we don't technically know yet, but we're led to. Obviously, there's no air travel, so maybe we're just led to assume that. But we we know that in suburban and leading into um, Atlanta, Georgia that zombies have taken over and decimated humanity. Well, they are humanity. <laughs> There's like 14 guys in a rowboat left. I mean, basically humanity um, exists as zombies. Now, the one thing I'd be curious about is, obviously, 
um, you know, our, our, our lead character here, whose name is not enough, but Rick, his name is Rick. He's from Love Actually. He liked Karen Knightley. He had uh, dry erase boards and, uh, or signs. See, I went dry erase boards, not boards. And Rick was in a coma and Rick missed the entire thing. Now, my question is, he's now run into many, many people. I would be interested to hear, he's kind of like Harry Potter in this regard. I would like him to sit to everyone down and say, tell me everything that happened. And and I think that at this point, you know, as going into episode four, we're really starting to get to the point where he's ready to ask that. That would be probably one of my first questions. He he should have asked it to, uh, was it, who was the, the guy, was it Merle? Merle? No, who's Merle? Merle's the... Merle's the guy on the roof. Okay, he's the guy on the roof. Who is the black gentleman with the sun? Dale. Dale. No, Dwayne. Dwayne. You think he would have asked Dwayne that, right? Well, like, what happened? I've, I've been in a coma. I think the easiest answer to that is nobody knows. I'm, so there was an out, it's spreading. We don't know what's causing it. Our best scientists are working on it. We're evacuating. No answers, no answers. So maybe there isn't, like, a definitive or interesting answer to the question. You um, know, I, you know, it opens up Rick and his, Rick is a sheriff's deputy. He's with his partner, Shane. Yep. And he is um, shot on the job. He ha- goes into a coma, and the next thing you know, he's waking up, and everything is gone. And, and it was Shane who had visited him at one point while he was unconscious and brought him flowers. flowers. And the flowers were dead. You know, it's been several weeks, and the flowers are dead on the uh, table. And I'm trying to figure out how long he was even out for. There was a reference somewhere, and I can't remember, in these first two episodes to at least a month passing because there's a reference. Right. I think was it uh, Dwayne's wife was sick for a month. Something happened for him. Yeah. I don't remember what. But he's definitely been in there for many, many weeks. And he wakes up, and the, the hospital is in disarray, and there's like half-even nurses in the hallway. And there's, you know, they locked all the dead presumably in the morgue and they and they chained it and there's dead computer. and there's there's gunshot hole there you know there's gunshot holes in the walls and there's yeah it just it's abandoned helicopters from where the guard has come in and yeah i'm even pulling up uh as we talk here i'm gonna pull up my uh note because i thought gen 2 was eagerly looking at everything i was saying as I watched this episode for the first time uh, what she was doing was a thing called laundry I believe yeah. but, uh, <laughs> just taking a quick look here let's see uh, my initial thoughts uh, viewer discretion was advised I made that very clear um, this is not definitely you know let's let's just be serious for a second this is not a show that you watch with your children I actually uh, recommended to it to a dear co-worker of mine maybe because uh, he said oh I'll have to check that show out over the long weekend over Thanksgiving weekend I'm like keep it on at dinner you know have the little tykes over throw on Walking Dead and, <laughs> and, and please enjoy your turkey day uh, well I mean I guess suppose that that's your thing but I I have a four-year-old daughter and and I wouldn't be sure I wouldn't be put on sprouts I hear it's very yeah. uh, it's edgy um, in the beginning, I thought it was even great the way it started because you see the cop car pull up to an overturned car, and he's you think he's thinking, "Good God, there's an overturned car on the street," and it turns, and then you notice that um, he's trying to siphon gas. There's more cars. The street lights aren't working anymore. Um, 
when the little girl was shuffling by in her slippers and he was little girl. I'm like, this is not going to end well, dude, you know, the zombies. that's, that's the part. That's the part that I said, by the time you get to the little girl, didn't, nope. Haven't had me yet. Haven't had me yet. And I'm noticing that there was a woman who had been shot in the forehead, a black woman in one of the cars, mm-hmm. then shot the little girl in the forehead. Uh, we're moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, right around this. Bear McCreary does the music. That was at 11.31 a.m. I started playing. It took 10 minutes. 10 minutes until Bear McCreary does the music. And I, and I was already hooked. And the moment it actually had me was when uh, he escapes from the hospital and he's riding the bike and you see the zombie approaching him <laughs> in the street. And I'm looking, I'm like, that man either has a heel spur or he's a zombie, <laughs> you effing moron. And the part that got me was, what was the little boy's name? Carl. Car- Carl is walking up from behind. Hanged. But you don't know he's Carl. You don't know he's a little boy. You just know there's someone walking up. And I went, ah! And I know this because I typed, ah! So that, like, that was, I think, the moment where it kind of hooked me. And I, was, I was interested in what happened. Yeah. But basically, Rick gets out of the hospital. He, he is able to make it home somehow and realizes his wife and child are gone and has no idea if they're alive or dead. And the first episode is basically him meeting another a man and his son, Dwayne and Carl, and, you know, realizing kind of what's going on and that there are zombies out there and... And Dwayne saying that everybody's gone to Atlanta to the CDC and that might be where your wife is and they have a nice shower and it's kind of a lighthearted moment because they have hot water and there's an unfortunate scene with a horse. The horse was very unfortunate. Well, you know what it is? There's the, the, what made. I can't believe there wasn't an article in from PETA about this. (laughs) Well, Peter is going after Amazon.com currently, so they don't have their time to you know, stretch their wings. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, when you look, when you look at the show itself, now take another show, Caprica, Battlestar Galactica prequel, right up my alley. Plot, you know, it's made for me. I love the universe. I love everything about it. The show got canceled, and I honestly, I was sad to see, you know, a very well-meaning and very intelligent show go off the air, but it wasn't produced well, and I didn't care about the characters. And the characters were bland, that the universe was great, but it was so top-heavy, I just couldn't get into it. And that was a show that should be tailor-made for me. Now, I've got a show about zombies on AMC, which I'm, I don't think I'll ever like, because <clears throat> it's just not my kind of thing. And what jumped out at me first was that Rick noticed uh, when he went with Dwayne and Carl to his house that the pictures were gone, so his wife is alive. And Dwayne talking about his wife and how he couldn't kill her because it's his wife. And it puts you as the viewer in that. What would you do if zombies woke up tomorrow and, and my wife or your husband was a zombie or your child? What would you do? And it, you want to just say in a the, in the zombie flick, oh, you gotta kill him. It happened. But you can't do that. And you have the moment where he is um, trying to shoot his wife through the window, but he just can't do it. And there, there's just those human moments. And the reason why Dwayne and Carl won't go along with Rick to the CDC is because um, Dwayne's wife at some point had fallen ill and they couldn't they couldn't run fast enough and she was somehow infected and became a zombie and so now she's just shuffling around outside their home 
No, even their home. I think they took well, over. Well, it's it's well, it's a home that they took yeah. over, but she's just shuffling around outside trying to get in, trying to get back in. But the thing is is that you know, if she gets in, she's going to eat them. Right. And that's the thing. It's not the the fact it's not easy. It's not you would think zombies are the easiest plot device, but it's not if it's someone that you love because we can't imagine what would happen if our loved ones were zombies or, or if they were mindless, but what would you do? It, it, it's you know, your wife or your mother. I mean, in his what if they have Alzheimer's, what if they have something happens to them and they don't recognize you anymore and they're a danger to themselves. I mean, there, there's parts of this that are very human. The, the one part that got me was the, the part that you warned me about in guts when they have to hack up, you know, the nearest zombie, there's 50 million of them in the street. They got to grab one zombie and hack the hell out of it and spread its guts over their, Little um, lab coats that I think they grabbed from the LA law, the LA law there. They, they grabbed from the makeup counter. What, what am I trying to say? What type of makeup am I trying to? Estee Lauder. Estee Lauder. Thank God there's a woman on the line. If this was death roll, we'd be screwed. Huge mustache. I love that man. Um, <laughs> they have to hack up a zombie and spread its guts and intestines over their their white little lab Basi- coats basically there. Rick goes and makes it to Atlanta yep. and he get and and he has a very unfortunate scene with a horse and he well, makes he doesn't it go- eat the horse they eat the horse no no he just he gets into Atlanta he makes it was almost a- comical I'm sorry he's, yeah, he's he walking ma- down there's, there's three <laughs> yeah, guys we gonna take yeah, he finds a Dwayne. Dwayne warns him. He's like, you know, you can you can handle one or you can handle two, but you're just not ever going to be able to handle a whole herd of hungry zombies. And so, I think when he said that, I'm like foreshadowing, foreshadowing, foreshadowing. Well, he's walking down the street and he passes like three or four of them. And he's like, "Don't worry, buddy, we can take them." And then he turns a corner and it's the entire cast of cats <laughs> just standing there, and they were very quiet because he didn't know they were all just standing in the side street because a helicopter flew by which was uh very meaningful because there's well you think that the helicopter threw by flew by you didn't really see helicopter you You did you you saw the helicopter you saw the shadow of a helicopter in the building in the windows of the building you didn't see a helicopter i thought we saw a helicopter no we didn't see a helicopter no well you looked he was looking up at a skyscraper yeah and he was seeing the reflection of something that could have been a helicopter. Are you sure? Well. <laughs> I thought we saw a helicopter, but in fairness, they never mentioned the helicopter again. So one of us is. Well, I thought it was a helicopter, but then. And it could, it could, and it could be a helicopter, but I'm just, you know, playing devil's advocate. Was well, it's very, it's it a, a very high up reflection if it was the helicopter on the ground, if that's what you were getting at. Well, I'm just saying that. No, I'm not saying it was a helicopter on the ground. I'm just saying, what was the reflection? Well, I'm willing to believe it was a helicopter because I'm. You know, if some people are surviving, and that's the other question. Why are some people surviving and not others? Obviously, they haven't been bit, but that seems. I would hope there's more to it, but um, he obviously. I think there's at least one guy in the military left with a helicopter, so I, I could believe that there's someone's flying around. But obviously, uh, 50 million zombies come flying at him, and he takes refuge in the nearby tank, and he drops down next to a seemingly dead, you know, U.S. service member who, of course, is a zombie. Is a zombie. Well, he, the way he falls down, they're almost like spooning, and then he looks at him, and he looks back at him, and he's like, "Crap, I must shoot you between the eyes." And that's when our friend, whose name escapes me at the moment, pops up um, over the Glenn. radio. Glenn pops up over the radio and says, "You cozy like- in there." 
Hey, dumbass, are you cozy in there? Which is great. So we, in the next episode, obviously, we need to escape from the, from the zombies. Sword. So they have to grab a zombie and hack them to bits, and they need to spread them over them. Now, that would be a gross scene in and of itself, and it is gross, and it is graphic, and it's, it's you know, I think Len wraps the intestines around his neck, like, you know, like a... Yeah, they decide that the only way to get through the zombie, to get out, you know, to get out is to go through, and the reason why, you know, they're so stirred up is because they can smell them, nom, 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 because they're, you know, hungry, and so the only way to get through them is to smell like them, and so they just hack up a zombie, and, you know... And it's probably my favorite, this is me, this is the guy who gets a Coke when he goes to a bar, you know what I mean? This is the guy that likes to be in by 10. Watching this scene, like, I watch the cooking channel for fun, and watching that scene, it was probably one of my favorite scenes of the three episodes, because they pull out the zombie's wallet. His name is Wayne. Our listener Wayne right now is feeling mighty nervous. And he ha- there's a picture of his girlfriend, and, you know, he, he, he has got credit cards and student loans, and he's a regular guy, just like them. And they are go- And Wayne, in his wildest dreams, probably pictured getting married and living a long life and being a dad, and he probably never pictured that he would get, he would get hacked up at Macy's. So his innards could be spread over, you know, makeup, you know, lab coats. Well, and at, and at some point, Glenn, Glenn is kind of a young guy. I'm going to mm-hmm. guess him. He's college student age. Yeah. But he's like, and he was an organ donor. I mean, after all this, you know, it's really heavy. It's really heavy. And it was, you know, and yeah. it was still meaningful. But it's just like. I like that. He because, did donate his organ. Well, and technically, you know, it makes it that Wayne is actually okaying what they're about to do because obviously he never pictured that exact circumstance but the fact that there was a line that rick has where it's like when we get out of here tell people what wayne did for us or something to that effect it made the zombie human human it made it made this it made the zombie that's what you have to do because i don't care you know what what different moves you have with the hatchet and and how you can get the blood to spill and what effects you i don't give a shit about that stuff but what i care about i guess we can you know swear here because there's exploding zombies but the, the the what i care about is is the humanity of these characters what would we do tomorrow like we see in episode three what would we do tomorrow if we didn't have our maytag washing machines our coffee makers and we had to go down by the, the water and you know beat our, our clothes on a rock and you know there's no more taxes and there's no more internet and there's no more podcasting oh there's no more editing and what, what would you do How, you know the, the the scene in the department store which i thought was a little ridiculous because that pane of glass is very thin and there were a lot more of them but when I, I don't know her name the the one of the two sisters is talking to rick and says you know can i he, he suggests that she take the um the jewelry and she's like well is that looting he's like i don't think it matters anymore he's a by the books cop and obviously it, of course it doesn't Either matter carol or sophie uh, emma amy i don't know I, I, let's call her jane but the thing okay. is, is that you know, They're sisters. It's a sisters. Two sisters. or two blonde sisters. Right. And the first thing that you think is, of course, it doesn't matter anymore. The world has ended. Of course, laws don't matter. But they're the point. I mean, the laws do matter. Like, think of everything we do in our lives: laws against murder, laws against kidnapping. And that's another. Th- that's one thing that that keeps that keeps um that I keep coming back to is, especially with the lead character, is is that he's. Even though he was in law enforcement before, so he's already, you know, in tune to what's right and what's wrong. He just, you can tell that, I mean, he's having to mindlessly, you know, kill 
I mean, he's just having to hack things up. He's yeah. having to blow people's brains out. But you can just tell that, you know, he's not doing it because he wants to. And that even though it's just zombies, he, he's he's doing it and he's thinking, okay, this used to be a person and I'm having to do this and I don't like it. And it's maybe I'm making too big of a deal over a very tired point, but even to say, you know, let's not worry about looting anymore. Let's not worry about stealing anymore. Obviously, it doesn't belong to anyone. The owner is a zombie. But the the point where, you know, the laws that we create, you know, the laws against murder and kidnapping and, you know, chaining people to roofs and, and, you know, doing all these things, the point where we say we have, as a society, have moved beyond that makes it so that those laws were just temporary. You know what I mean? We had temporary mm-hmm. laws based on the fact that we had 4 billion people on the planet. Now that we have 250 people, the laws are very different. And it makes it so that the things that we think are, you know, unbendable are actually temporary. And it's, it's just a really interesting point there. And the fact that he wants to go back, um, you know, after Merle, isn't because it's lawful. It's because it's the right thing to do. It's, it's the human thing to do. So it's interesting to see law replaced with humanity there. And... Like I said, it's a very, very, very simple point. You know, once the world ends, you don't have to pay for your water anymore. But for a by-the-books Lauren Weather lead character, it's interesting because he's the constant reminder. He's walking around in uniform. So it's it's interesting that, you know, we're not going to get back to that. We're not going to, you know, get the toxin out of the air and everyone's going to be fine. This is a new world, and I just... I'm making a huge point of it, but it, it was one of the things that just popped in my head. It's probably why I like it so much. Well, they do get away from Atlanta, and and they get away from Atlanta, mm-hmm. and the people that he meets in the city that get him away from Atlanta, they have a camp. Yep. And it turns out that what I figured was going to be drawn out for episodes was thankfully not. And in the third episode, which I believe is called Tell It to the Frogs. Yeah. He finds his wife and son. He does. The son is he, very cute, by the way. I, I enjoy the little. He uh, is a cute. He, he is a cute a, little boy. He, he does. He is a cute little kid, and it turns out that his wife Lori, Rick's wife Lori, has been with his partner Shane the whole now, time. Now, when we say with, I would just like to comment for a moment. Now, I think this is a Seinfeld quote, but I think uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's uh, character on Seinfeld is talking about a movie, the name of which escapes me, that involves two people doing it in a bathtub, and it's this very elegant, beautiful love scene. And her response is, yeah, you ever try and do it in a bathtub? Doesn't work. (laughs) I don't think it's that romantic to do it in the woods. And they made it look beautiful in all these different... Like, honestly, you're going to get a stick somewhere you don't want it. I didn't think it was all that, you know... I, I, well, I'm not saying there was candles in the background, but I'm Well, saying, no, I thought it looked kind of raw myself. Well, true, but I would watch out for the poison ivy. Like, I don't, I think you would, I don't know. It just seemed like a little too convenient. I think you would probably. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, there are barely any humans left. Your kid is 50 yards away. I'm 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 guessing that most people are terrified, desperate, and horny. Horny, because now, that seems to be the way. That seems to be, you know, the the the, 
that it's just the thing. It's, it's the thing, it's the thing that happens. Yeah. And of course she's also um, grieving and she lost her husband in her home. And I think that people, when they're just in that kind of amount of stress, I think people just start referring to their baser instincts and that's it. I think it would just be normal for that to happen. The line but, I desperately wanted to, to hear that didn't is when she uh, is reunited with Rick. And the look on her face at first, you think it's just absolute shock that he's alive and damn, I'm screwed. You think that's the look on her face. You find out later it's not, or it's at least, you know, only part of it. When when they're in bed together and little Tyke is over in the corner of the, of, of the area and uh, they start to put the moves on each other and he kind of looks to her and he looks over at the kid and he looks back to her and, and Laurie's like, oh, he won't wake up. You know, don't worry. I would have killed if Rick had responded, how do you know? I think he knew at that point. That would be the, that was the question I was waiting for. You know, you seem to be awfully sure that he won't wake up in this tent if you have sex. <laughs> For what do you base this information on? I don't. I don't think he's stupid. I. I think that he. <laughs> oh, I don't think he got it. I don't think he. He got it. At he all he may time. or he may not, and yeah. we'll find out. We we'll find out. But we find you know she's been with Shane, but you know, and that brings up that brings up some questions. You know, especially as you're watching episode three, you're like, well, one. That was pretty fast. And two, were they an item before? And, you know, just what's going on. And you have your theory on that. I have my theory on that. There is an opening scene in the pilot. One of the very opening scenes as the pilot is starting, there is a character moment between Rick and Shane while they're in their police cruiser. And it's it's basically they're talking about relationships, and Shane is very blasé about the chick in his life, and you know turning on lights, and you know, and you can tell that he has no secure attachment to anyone, and 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 Rick and Lori are having some troubles, and and you can tell that it's 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 really bothering him, and and it's really affected him badly, and and you know they're trying to, and you can just tell that they're two totally different people, but. They're best friends. But then when you get to episode three and you realize that Shane is now with his wife, it makes you go back and think about that. Has he been has he been in love with his wife the whole time? And maybe that's why he's never been able to have any kind of decent relationship with another woman because he's been harboring feelings for it. And he told Lori that Rick was dead which prompted her to, to, to leave. So Rick thinks that Lori just left because there was no time and she had to leave him behind and, and it was unfortunate. Lori might not have left if she had known that Rick was still alive. Yeah, that's my theory, is that she was probably wouldn't leave him, wouldn't have left wherever she was. She was going to stay there because she wasn't going to leave him there in that hospital, even though things continued to deteriorate and get worse but i think at some point shane decided that he couldn't let her and and their son carl you know be there and and he just went to the hospital one day you know because and told her that it was too dangerous he would go and and that day and find out and and came home and told her that rick was gone 
and brought his wedding ring home to her. My predict I'm just thinking right now, my prediction is that um Oh, that's right, because he took the ring because wasn't there even a moment where he realized the ring wasn't on the bad side or something like that? Was that a no, I don't think no. But she gives it back to him. Right, she gives it back to him. There's- Here's my thought: you got two partners, and you've got the playboy Shane, and you've got the married guy with the wife and the kid and the picket fence and everything. And I think that over time, Shane desperately. I mean, if you have a, a friend who has it all together, you want their life, and he wants Rick's life. And all of a sudden, now he can snap his fingers, and Rick is out of the picture, and he can be. You know, the, the, the dad to Rick's son teaching him how to fish down by the river and he can be, you know, doing it with, with Rick's wife in the woods and have that type of relationship with her. And, you know, for him, this purging of the world has given him the opportunity to get everything he wants. And then all of a sudden, Rick comes driving up the road to camp. And, and, and you find out, and you find out basically that. And Rick gives it all up. Rick says, I'm going back after a dumbass. You know, keep an eye on my wife. And he's not, Rick has every, Rick takes everything back. And he's so, to Shane's eyes, blasé with it. Oh, I gotta go back. We gotta get Merle. You know, the, the humanity, all this stuff. And I just think it, 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 on some level, pisses the hell out of Shane. To the point that, you know, the beat down on Edge was obviously not directed towards Ed killing his wife. I mean, that was very raw. And I, I'll just close because I know you want to say something. I just think that you see the, the how the downfall of humanity hits all the characters. And this is how it's affected Shane and, and Rick's relationship. And I think that it's over Lori and it's over, you know, wants and desires and baser mm-hmm. human, human instincts. Well, and consequently, I was just saying that Merle is, while they were trying to get out of Atlanta, the um, forage, foraging team is why they were even in Atlanta to begin with, to forage for supplies. <laughs> but um, Merle was part of the team, and they're, um, I believe his name is, they call him T-Dog. Yes. But Merle and T-Dog, who obviously is a black man, based upon his name, T-Dog, I mean, let's just, I'm, yeah, I'm I, sorry, yeah, stereotypical. Yeah. Could we be any more stereotypical with the naming of our characters? <laughs> Merle. But, <laughs> and Merle. So, let's let's get an let's get an idea in their head here for of, of our several hundred listeners, I'm hoping one of them isn't named Merle, but carry on. Merle. Let's get an idea in our head. Who obviously to me I'm guessing was a Vietnam veteran, um missing several teeth, um a bigot. Who's going to take over the group because he's the one with the gun and they were all raising their hands. They're going to go a, red, a redneck. Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't know any decent English. So, you know, and he just was ready to shoot everything up and take everything over and, you know, a tyrant. And and basically Rick shows up and he just handcuffs him and he says, look, you're being bad. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not the way we're going to have things here because people who are bad are dangerous. And, and, and we're not going to make it if somebody's being dangerous. So I'm just going to stick you here. Do you get the sense, too, that the way the show is going, and maybe we'll change in the fourth episode, in the first three, we have three jackasses. We have Merle, we have his um, brother Daryl, mm-hmm. and we have... His um, other brother Daryl. <laughs> his other brother Daryl. No, we, uh, who's the other guy we have? We have uh, Ed, down by the water. Yes. We have three... Um, the spark of life was not kind to them. Um, three dim-witted, 
um, asses, very basic human instincts. You, you, you know, the, the first to fight, the, the last to think. Not saying they don't have good qualities, but they're they're not they're they're Captain Kirk. They're not Jean Luc Picard. You know what I mean? Right. And you have all three of them. In each case, the good guy lays the smackdown, or in Shane's case, the the horny guy lays the smackdown. Mm-hmm. And so far, you haven't seen a bad guy win yet. So yeah, just throwing that well, out. and I just you know I um and he hooks him up and he's like I'm gonna leave you here, you know, and he leaves T Dog and he's like Look, I have to go like smear myself in guts and I'm going to try to get us out of here but you know here's the key and T-Dog means well but he just has a he has a oops moment and drops the key unfortunately down a drain because that's what happens on TV it goes to the center of the earth yes and and so basically it comes down to the choice of is are they going to get in the truck and get the hell out of there? Or is he going to stop and hacksaw Merle away? And, and the answer is no, because they have, they're, they're going to have a three seconds to get in there and get out. And so they choose to leave him. I was and surprised. So- he took the time to chain the door. He took the time to run around. You wonder how long it would have actually taken him to, to saw through the, uh, chain he i don't think he even realized he had he had the tools there because he knocked the tools over and everything so right so so they leave him they end up leaving him there with the choices made to leave him there and then they get back to camp and they have to tell merle's brother look obviously little brother that you know they couldn't have been earl that would have been too much yeah they have to they have to tell him that it was a conscious choice to leave him there and that he was still alive as far as they knew, but they left him there because he was being a jackass. And they're like, you you can't, you just left him there. And, you know, and that kind of sends, that kind of sends his brother into a hissy. And, you know, and, and of course he's just like the big, he's just like Merle. And so he. I is, misread the scene in the beginning too. And I thought Lori, when she said, you're going back, aren't you? And then she kind of walked away in disgust when he said he was. I thought that was kind of her, at first, pushing him to go back so she could have Shane back to herself again. I wasn't sure where that was going. Well, I I took it as, you're going back, aren't you? And it was resigned, that's just yes. the way you are. I can't change that part about you, and I suppose that's why I love you, but... You're not gonna be happy unless you go and do it. So, so Rick gets back and he's like, "Look, it's just not right that we left him there. And if I had been there and been the one that was staying there and waiting, I would have made sure that he came down." So he can't deal with the. He wants to go back and get Merle. And that's not very. And there's dimensional a, zombie movie like because usually it's about the baser instincts, no character moments. It's all about blood. And they really have they have some problems in the camp. The they have yeah, they have problems in the camp because people are like, we don't need him. He was yeah. he was violent and 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 the 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 scum of humanity. Yeah, and, and they go back to save Dwayne because obviously Dwayne will be heading there unless he gets his walkie-talkie. You know, I don't so, buy they they go back for guns because I understand the fact that they had to break into that he um, cleaned out the police station and he wouldn't have access to other ones. But I'm sorry, they're five miles outside of Atlanta. You mean there's not one Walmart they could break into? 
Yeah, I'm I'm That's, I'm with you. That was the that was the thing that I didn't buy. Um, I'm but, with you. But they're if, going back after Merle. This is like Bill Adama going back after the colonies. This is very... Well, and, and that's the argument. They're like, you're going to sacrifice three or four or however many good men that that are can't... You know, we have very few people here. You know, you're going to... We're, we're actually going to sacrifice or put that those people on the line to go back to get him... As Osama once said, we make mistakes, people die, there are very few of us left. What I think they should do is they should get a caravan of all of the survivors and have the largest car amongst them lead them to save territory. No, I'm, I'm playing the bell. <laughs> but, but and, and so, yeah, and, you know, Rick is like, yes, because I, you know, he he's saying that, you know, my life is worth as much as someone else's life. My life is not better because I'm a better man. I don't think I'm a better man than him. This is very deep. This is like Star Trek, you know, stuff where they're being very, very, very philosophical. This is not what I at all expected in a blood and guts gory. Especially, uh, yeah, and especially show. the more and more you Good. sit back and yeah, think yeah. about it. Because the more and more I sit back and think about it, I watched the pilot once, and then I've gone back and I've watched the pilot a second time. I have not watched the second and third episodes the second time yet. But the second time I watched the first episode, I was like watching, I got 20 million more things. And it made me, excuse me, I've been drinking coffee and now I've got like the coffee. (laughs) But it made me analyze things even more. But I mean, there's so many deep concepts in all of this but they go back to find Merle and guess what he, he chopped hacked his hand off. <laughs> he chopped his hand off and that's what's leading us into tonight is that they've gone back to Atlanta to supposedly get the guns that that Rick was that he would drop they in get his... in very easily don't they for the, for the amount of preparation it took them to get out they seem to get in very... well I, th- I, th- I think the I think the you know the shtick was is that Rick rode in on a horse, made a lot of noise, shot some things up, they go got back them in all. The van. They go back in the van, and the thing was is that you know in the, in the scene where uh, one of the sisters is talking to Rick, and there's the very thin pane of glass, and the fifty zombies whacking the other side of it, which I thought was absurd. I'm not sure it was a very thin pane of glass. Have you ever really looked at the glass on the outside of a Macy's in downtown? I, I, I have not. I have not been to Atlanta. Um, I haven't really um, checked that when I was in New York. Well, but you've been into New York. Yes, but you know what else happened in New York? Macaulay Culkin threw the brick through the toy store window and caught the, the bad guys, and the alarms went off. And Home Alone Two was very deep in my heart, so that was what I thought. But that was Home Alone. But let's get real. You're, you telling, think... me, you're telling me Home Alone isn't you know scientifically accurate? Uh-uh. Oh, well, you just depressed me greatly. So, <laughs> one thing I just wanted to point out too is when. Um, Daryl, the uh, Mensa brother, was uh, shooting the, he went out to, he caught a dozen squirrels, fitting, and uh, he was chasing a deer, but the walker got the deer first, and he shoots the walker through the eye socket with his um, little bow and arrow there. We're using crossbow. Arrow. Crossbow. Cross, the crossbow. Well, I'm, I'm from Massachusetts, I wouldn't know that. And um, he shoots the, the, the walker through the eye. My first thought was, please let us have a scene of him cleaning that 
because he's going to make everyone else who eats that food a zombie. Because he was That's zombie. funny because I thought the same. He's going to go shoot a deer. Oh, good deer. Oh, oh, and then you're going to start, you know, eating your mother-in-law. I mean, that, so there's actually a scene later of him like squeegeeing the crossbow. Like, yes, good. So yes. Everything held together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is what happens when you let the bottom of the gene pool go. And right. Pull right. And my first thought was if Daryl went off by himself. We, we, we need Daryl. He's the only one who can catch a squirrel. And, you know, Thanksgiving is a coming. Well, I mean, and, and just like, you know, what Rick said, no man is better than the other man because they all have different talents. That's so much of a John Luke Picard thing. That's actually disturbing me, the fact that it is so, like, utopian in its in its view and it's a... But that's what it's all going back to. You know, they only have so much of society left, and, and they're going to have to utilize what they have. And everybody's got, you know, even Merle. The, MPT, the one-armed, you know he's going to be one-armed Merle. Even, even, Mer, even Merle, even Merle obviously made it through some pretty nasty situations in his past. So he has to have some kind of survival instinct. I think I can get away with calling him Stumpy. Maybe. Of course, we don't know if he's a zombie now either. You know, he. It seems odd. Well, that's true. They could have. They could have gotten to. He could be their leader. Ooh, he could be the villain. I don't know because he might be zombified and he might be coming after him. Oh, that would be. He knows actually. Yeah, he. Knows he knows where, where their camp is. <laughs> because um, what was young Asian college student's name? Glenn. Glenn, you 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 have to endure the fact that he got the hot ride. And I've never said that phrase before in my life. It sounded very odd coming out of my lips. But he has a really, really, really great <laughs> oh, car. Right. Heart ride. And he's got a very, very great car. And um, he can't turn the alarm off. He's <laughs> <laughs> driving all the way back to camp. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work in a grocery store. And I was I used to um, manage the checkout. And I was walking out with one of like the 16-year-old beggars or whatever. And he gets in his car. I think his mother just bought him his first car or whatever. He's driving home. And his alarm starts going off. And he waves me over. He's like, I didn't think I had an alarm. What do I do? <laughs> that just reminded me of, of, of him there. All right. So um, at this point, Gen 2 and I are going to watch episode 4. We're not going to do a commentary because I think that would bore you to tears because we're not going to be talking much. And we'll be back in a few moments with our thoughts on episode four, which is titled something that starts with a V. um, Vatos, I think. Vatos. That sounds like it should be explained in the episode because I don't know what that means. So uh, back in three seconds. This program contains violent content, which may be too intense for some viewers. Mm. Viewer discretion is advised. See, it's hard to believe that that is Georgia. <laughs> I was about to say, I'd like to vacation there, if not for the uh, flesh-eating zombies. What's he going to do, bury it? That's all I have left. <laughs> he's, throwing, he's throwing that backpack out as soon as he gets home. It's <laughs> like, I've got a, a hand in my back. His hand. Look at his face. Oh, oh shit. He seared it shut. Ah! That point, I guess pain really isn't God! Jesus Christ! I'm charming the ass. God, they stole Gwen. So, do we have any any major comments at this point? At this point, I can't remember the name of the of the guy digging the hole, but the fact that the only reason he lived is because they were too busy eating his family. I mean, I don't know how much more power you can get out of a scene than that. Um, 
the fact that we're one scene in in uh, T Dog and Daryl are on some level interacting with each other, I think it is a good progression of the characters. Um, th- that's pretty much what I have so far. I'm here. pretty speechless at this point, still. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just solid. I'm not sure what's up with the Glenn thing. I'm not sure if it's going to be like the stereotypical gang steals and must rescue him from gang thing, but I'm impressed by the writing, mean, so I don't think so. I mean, why would they steal him? <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought they got the guns originally, too. Well, we stole their guy. I mean, maybe we can have a prisoner exchange. Give us the Korean. I mean, what's to steal him? Well, maybe they need pizza. I don't know. Why these guys haven't raided a Walmart is beyond me. Yeah, I don't know either. I haven't figured that out either. Why didn't they move to suburbia? (laughs) (laughs) I can't disrespect Grandma. I am just... speechless. Oh my god. Okay. Um... And we're back with having just watched episode four. I'm still Ryan. Gen is the speechless one over there in the corner. Um. Yeah. <laughs> that, um. That's an example of um, what um, I thought this series would be and what it actually turned out to be. I spent about 10, 20 minutes of this episode, however long it was, Seeing it almost as a stereotype. I mean, we've seen the plot line before. You know, bad guys kidnap one of the good guys, bring him back to bad guy headquarters. Good guys go to try and get him out. The bad guy leader is a very articulate, well-groomed, smarter-than-the-rest guy. And, 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 you know, our hero and, and the bad guy leader kind of interact, and they quote Shakespeare, and they have this whole song and dance, and then eventually, you know, good guy, hero kills bad guy leader, but they have this grunge, you know, grudging respect for each other and all this, and, and that's the, the story we were used to, and in the middle of that, Grandma comes over because <laughs> he's a good boy, and someone needs an inhaler, and you find out they're defending a nursing home because the old people were abandoned and and were, all of the all of the whole custodial like, staff and a couple of nurses all the gangsta stuff is just a ruse and they're using the bad boy act you know yeah cuz they don't know who is safe and who is not safe and so they're well i don't even know if it's so much of an act but it's um I read the story when I was in 6th or 7th grade um it's called the girl who owned a city and it was about um a Pretty similar to this. It was a outbreak of a virus and it killed everyone on the planet who was over the age of 12. So, so you've been reading about the apocalypse. <laughs> I really have for, for <laughs> an enormous amount of time. And, um, what, what am I saying? This is my key genre. Uh, and the plot is um, that this girl, you know, just is the first to realize we can, like, you know, raid warehouses and we can learn to fly the airplanes and we can rebuild society and all this. And they build a um, fort at the local high school or whatever, and they defend it, and they do this, that, the other thing. And there's a um, a girl who, I think either the lead character or someone important is shot in the shoulder, and one of the 11-year-olds essentially operates on her. She gets textbooks on anatomy, and she 
you know, sterilizes the equipment, and she operates, and she gets the bullet out, and she you know, cauterizes the wound, or whatever she does. And there's a comment at the end that you're a doctor now because of the experience that you have. And it's kind of, you know, you were the custodian, but you're the leader of a community now. And, you know, why do people look up to me? My answer was because they can. And his answer is because... Well, you were a pizza guy yeah. to begin with, and now you're a logistician. You're, you're a cop who's charged with enforcing laws of which we no longer have any. Um, you know, so there's, you were on vacation in your RV and now you're the village elder. You know, it's, you were the secretary of education, now you're the president. I mean, there's, you never know what role in life you're going to have. And, and I, I thought that was that, I mean, the, it was a good episode when we both thought that it was about two rival gangs and I'm like, well, yeah, I figured the show would go there and then we get into the gangs and the infighting. I was almost kind of sad to see that happen because, you know, it's like, they took it and they just, it's a nursing home and the old people need help and they're going to help them. And you know, they'll last and they give them the guns and, and the great line. You want to tell me came to all the way to Atlanta to get your hat. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's the, that's the thing. And there was this gr grudging respect that, you know, Daryl and, and T-Bone, T-Dog, T-Bone, whatever the hell his name is. T-Dog. T-something or other. Um, I think that they created some kind of camaraderie. Yeah. You know, that they, they grew together as a result of having gone and, and done that. And you got the sense, you, there was foreboding through this episode, and I figured it would be that Merle would come back and kill one of the kids, or kill um, Jim tied to the tree, or kill someone, and that would be, the, or Jim would die and he was digging his own grave. I was picturing something like that, but it's not Merle. It's, the, you know, the attack of of the walkers and, and God knows where Merle is. And Merle wasn't in this episode, but he was like the constant presence. Like we saw that he colorized the moon. We saw that he went out the window. We saw that he took, I mean, and that's badass. who could freaking cauterize their own stuff. They're strong characters. I mean, you know, Daryl and this, the, the point I loved, and it was like almost, I said, for some reason, everybody has survived this. And it's, you know, it, it's even beyond, um, self-preservation, you know, Daryl hated these people at breakfast, but he stays with Rick because they're going to go in and they're going to save Korean kid whose name I forgot for the fourth time. Glenn. Glenn. And, I mean, th that's where you expect characters to be in, like, season five of a show, and it's season three, and they're there. And you have these, you know, the custodian who's looking after the old people. And the old, you know, you ever do those... Um, problem-solving questions when you're in, like, fifth grade where they say mm -hmm. if you can save either the baby or the mm -hmm. college student or the 90-year-old, who do you save? If you can only save one, will you save the, the baby? They're protecting 80-year-olds with emphysema. Right. In the apocalypse. I mean, they're, they're good people. Can surprise you, and people can be very good to each other, and I'm actually thinking of it now. I should have guessed that the younger sister was going to go because they made a big deal of the birthday present. So... I also should have seen that coming. I didn't, but I just thought the entire episode was fabulous. And the, if if you could listen to our little running commentary, the amount of sighing and the amount of <laughs> "Oh my God!" coming out of this woman. I mean, if, if you changed the tempo, you would think it was an entirely different conversation. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> turn around. But, I mean, I <sighs> your husband pokes his head in to see how it's going. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just I. You know, I think we went through the first half of the episode, and you're right, it was just very, you know, it was almost stereotypical. The Asian guy gets, the <laughs> Asian took, guy stereotype. The minority, holy crap. 
And then you've got the you've got the you've got the Latinos, and you got you know I mean you got well, the whole you know you have three guys trained on me. I've got a man on the roof, and he's I've, like I've well, got and a, I've he's got staring the, up at the shed on the roof. I'm not sure you got the like. Latino you got the Latino gang. You've yeah. got the you know you've got the you got the whole you know Bloods and Crips things going on, and you know you've got the whole redneck kick. You know you got you got all these things that I expected. And then the minute the grandma came out, and she's <laughs> what like, "What the hell is up with she's like, you?" Mean that Asian boy? That good boy? Like whacking them on the back of the head. It's like you can't shoot with a grandma. It's the thing. It's like you can't shoot. And I think at that point, I think at that point, I just forgot to breathe. <laughs> well, she comes to the room, and I think she was so confused. She thought he was there to serve a warrant or something. You know what I mean? She's like, like, "Why would you shoot him? You can't shoot him." And I'm like, who would think that grandma would come down and get in the middle of that? Yeah. And how, you know, grandma's not going to put up with that kind of crap. Oh, I didn't even think it was Chuck grandma. I thought it was like, like, is today Tuesday and am I wearing pants, grandma? But it just completely diffused the scene. Oh, then later, I'm going to feed you to my dog. I'm going to feed the Korean to my dog and oh. you look over and it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like snowball in the little thing of <laughs> It's, it's like a chihuahua. Look, it's, come on. I mean, it, it was such a, a good episode. I mean, we're two-thirds of the way through a very short season, and I think it's it's absolutely, absolutely fabulous. And um, poor Ed. Oh, Ed. Oh, Ed. Ed, I hate to tell you, but it was probably euthanasia at that point. You were not looking well, my friend. I, I've no. never seen a face that yellow before. I mean... Yeah, that was bad. That was I mean, and part of me wants to say you had it coming to you, but I suppose everyone can be redeemed. Look at Merle. <sighs> we don't know what's going on with Merle yet. Yeah. How'd all those walkers get up there? They were very, very close. They were very, very... Sorry, a plane was just flying very close to my house. I thought it was going to land in the backyard. Um, they were very, very close to Atlanta. I think much closer than it originally appeared that they were. And it, it, to put it this way, I mean, they ran from Atlanta back to the camp. And, you know, it, it was it was still light when they left. But it had to be, you know, mid-afternoon. Oh. Yeah, at least a few hours. And they arrived, like, after dinner time, so they made it in in relatively short order, and especially that shot from the beginning of the episode with Jim digging the the, the grave, um, you could see that the buildings looked relatively close. I mean, one thing I even thought, um, watching it too, was um, I'm interested to see the um, the dreams and the prophecy that, um, that Jim saw a lot of that coming, which I think is interesting. And the other question I have is... And, we didn't get to this earlier, but obviously this is based on a comic book series and it's adapted and, and a lot of these answers are already out there. But I'm curious about the method of um, contracting uh, the disease because uh, Dwayne in the early episodes was concerned that Rick had a bite mark. And if he had a bite mark, that would show that he's infected. But then Dwayne's wife got a fever and she was infected. So I'm wondering if like, if you're bit, you get a fever and then you get it or if... You so does Amy now, Is are we having to deal with the same issue with with Dwayne's wife, are we going to have to, are we going to have to make the decision to shoot Amy in the head to keep her from becoming a zombie? Or what do we do? I mean, if, or you, do we, if you bury her, she's going to climb out. I mean. Yeah, because obviously, even though there are pieces of people left over, they're still crawling and dragging themselves around. Yeah. So I think that's something that you Case might in point, you know, like torso woman. 
Yeah, because they, they won't die unless they're shot in the head, so you're going to have to deal with that in some capacity. I mean, I'm not sure. I think they're going to have to move now, because I think it's one of those things where now the... Although no um, walker survived, maybe they know where they are now. I wonder if they go live with Grandma. I don't know. I can't see them moving the show to a nursing home. For some reason, I don't see that. I think maybe they'll move um, farther away from Atlanta. I honestly don't know. I'm curious. I don't know where it goes. Part of me wants to say they go back to Grandma and, and I really they help. Hope, yeah, I hope so. And I really hope, too, that they um, they don't keep the show as, you know, this is coming from the guy who thought that Harry Potter wasn't Harry Potterish enough in the movies. Um, but I hope they kind of deviate a little bit from the comics and, and they don't make it, you know, here's exactly what happened before. I hope there's some ambiguity and it keeps the interest in and I hope they honor the original, but they make it different enough. Well, they did that in Dexter. They were able to do that with Dexter. The Dexter books are, I mean, with the Dexter series and the Dexter books, I mean, there's, there's, there's something in the very first Dexter book that's happens that is, I mean, does not happen throughout the series. You know, someone dies in the first book that is a major character in the fifth season. <laughs> okay. But it's still the gist yeah. of, you know, I mean, it's still the same characters, it's still the same stuff, but, you know, it's still a fantastic that adaptation of Dexter. Well, it just, you know... It, and the reason I said that is very selfish, because I really don't know what's going to happen. Um, I hope it's not a thing where, like, people lose interest because they know how... Like, for me, I didn't run out to see Deathly Hallows in the theater because I know how it ends, so... I didn't really feel compelled to Me speaking in which I'm seeing it in IMAX tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to see it in a couple of weeks, but I mean, I didn't really feel the urge to run out and see it, and I'm hoping a show like this can deviate enough from the original um, text that, or, or image that they can, you know, create that level of, you know, anticipation that no one knows what's going to happen next, because I think there's a lot of different ways the show can go. And I'm glad they're doing almost like the British model of only six episodes this year and 13 next year, rather than having a you know, 22 episode series where they have, you know, the one about, you know, the zombies go to the circus and yeah. all that filler crap. So I'm glad kind of the way they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just I, kind of, so, I mean, I think we're both, it, it, I think it exceeded what we thought. We would get into that I'm season. losing you, buddy. You're losing me? You're cutting out. Oh, am I, am I back yet? Still cutting out. Okay. Well, I'm not... And gonna... now you're back. Okay. Well, actually, it's getting kind of late, so why don't we uh, cut it here? So we are the Puffball Exchange. We will be back with another special edition once episode uh, five is released. We'll do a quick uh, listen and uh, commentary on that episode, and we'll try and get it out to you. Uh, very soon after the release. And really, episode. when we when we do these Living Dead episodes, we are really expecting them to be pretty quick and dirty. This one was pretty long because we we wanted to cover episodes one through three before we went and and talked about episode four. But our intention is to go through the episodes with you. So we're hoping that you will geek out with our zombies and join us and. Get as excited as we have. About... I would like to just cover uh, Walking Dead and not the Living Dead because that that'd be. A good oh idea. yeah, <laughs> sorry. No so uh, yeah, it is late, and I. It is very late, so we're gonna let you go. So uh, we are the Puffo Exchange, and we'll be back very soon. And uh, I don't really have a good zombie catchphrase, so I'll try and think of one for next. I'll time. just say, have a good night. <laughs> have a good night. Bye. Bye.